How are you? Hang on, I'm going to stop you there, Raymond. Before we get going on this week's podcast, this is a little reminder, if you wouldn't mind, to rate and review at the end. You can also subscribe so you automatically get our latest podcast the minute we put it up. I think you mean drop. Drop what? <laughs> did you just say drops? Yes, I did. The podcast drops. It's not land. <laughs> no. I always prefer when you say, hit that subscribe button. Well, whatever you do, make it easy on yourself and subscribe. That's better. Uh, what a feckin' week. <laughs> Can we talk about the elephant in the room? Can we talk about the elephant, the big, large elephant wearing the flowery knickers? Can we? Yeah. You look a bit nervous. <laughs> I was just dropping Kate down to hockey there and there's people walking around in t-shirts. T-shirts! It's November! Now, yeah. That's see, my elephant. We're in the middle of COP27 and there's a lot of talk about climate change and the temperatures are unseasonably warm for this time of the year. Yeah, don't you be one of those no, November, no, no, November no, no. can be this warm. It's two degrees warmer than normal. Yeah. No, we got a text in during the week and a man said that on his memory thing, whatever happens on Facebook, where they throw up photographs from years ago, that he had a picture of his dashboard from seven years ago on that day. As you do. And it was 17 degrees. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, but... but It just feels weird. Yeah, I was sitting out in town during the week having a coffee uh, and yeah, t-shirts a go-go. And do you know what's really annoying? You know, putting the end of the earth to one side I bought a new puffer jacket <laughs> I can't wear it I'm looking at it it's exactly that I'm attitude like... it's exactly that <laughs> attitude there you are <laughs> I'm looking at it that's going to last me it's not fast fashion Ray yeah. that's going to last me for the rest of my life okay it's right. a walking duvet I yeah. saw it I fell in love and I went I can't wait to wear you I, I it's hanging up the back of a door and as I walk by it I just touch it and I go I can't wait wait to wear you it's too warm though yeah it's too warm at the moment we're going to have to wait until I I, I reckon I'm going to have to wait until December at least to wear that I'd say in this country you could count on two hands the number of days you need a coat like that I know I'm that's sorry. you you're hot blooded oh thank you very much you're hot blooded you, <laughs> you, you can leave the blooded out just go hot you're yeah, hot you're hot and <laughs> you're no I'm going to say blooded you, you're hot blooded and our son because I'm going to put both of you in the same sentence you're like Tom goes around basically in his vest most yeah. of the time. You you could wear shorts all the time. It's not a good look. Doesn't matter. It's, he's vest. at home. It's a yeah. safe space. It's a safe you can, space. <laughs> like you should see what I'm wearing today. This better be a safe space. If you were going to judge me on what I'm wearing today, I wore shorts good. last weekend. I, I wore shorts this morning because I was I was doing the remembrance run. The eleventh year. I thought it was the tenth year. We have a picture of us doing it uh, in memory of your dad. Yes. Uh, and you and your sister Sue have the t-shirts on. That's Kelly. right. Tom was just born. He's only like five months. Told, yeah, yeah. Uh, and here's here's the big story. Yeah, here's ten years on. Yeah, he's not in the buggy anymore. No, that's not the story. <laughs> the story is ten when years he on. Was a wee bit sad. We returned to the remembrance run. Tom and I, and he ran it. I know. Isn't that great? And he beat me, little fecker. Yeah, he did very well. Sprint finish. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. What a brilliant thing to get involved in at a young age. And then we were all, we were feeling, he was feeling delighted himself. I was feeling delighted that I'd invited him. And just, there was lovely, mo- lovely emotions going around. We'll get to the other ones in a minute. But then we were walking back mm. to the car and we met this woman that I know. She's, she's a, a, a writing, she's a, she's a, she's a running journalist. 
She's a journalist who writes. She's a journalist who writes. Who runs? Who writes while she runs? So when she's running, she's writing. No, or she actually writes about running. She writes about running. Uh, yeah, she's she's not, a running journalist. She, no, she's not a running journalist. She's a journalist <laughs> on running. I kind of like the idea of a running journalist. What? There's somebody who writes while they run. Yeah, it'd be a bit impossible. Difficult. Well, no, maybe you could dictate it. You could. Yeah, I'm sure people do that. Yes. Anyway, we met her and her son, who was six, and he'd run it, and done a very good time. But the real emotion, the real emotion around the Remembrance Run is that uh, its whole purpose is to let people get out there, run 5k and remember people they've lost. Uh, And there were loads of families uh, all wearing the same T-shirts with the picture of a dad or a mom or a child that they'd lost. Uh, And there's something I, 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 I fail to put into words every year why it works, why it's so powerful. But it does. It's the combination of exercise, community, shared grief, love, all of those things together. And every, I think every year that I've done it, uh, it's been glorious. Blue skies, yeah. sunshine. Mm. Anyway, well done to everybody who took part in that. I think it gives people, like if somebody so close to you has died and you're enveloped in this grief and you've got people around you who are experiencing the same thing, but there's something lovely about doing is something as simple as that as remembering them, maybe just saying their name out loud, talking to somebody else and they go, oh, I see yeah. your mum died. And you get to say her name. You get to talk about it again, maybe. I mean, some people might think that was, you know, not a, a good thing to do, but I think it's amazing. And then Everybody that, chatting about it. The huge wall, people go over and write dedications, right, dedications to dedications, their yeah. dead loved ones. So well done to Frank Greeley. It was his vision. Yeah. Good 11 man, years Frank. ago and uh, it was there were thousands out there in the Phoenix Park this morning uh, a great event well done to Tom Darcy I would, I, first 5K. I, would, I would have done it with you I would have but I have a crick oh, oh you have a crick I woke with the crick now it, well, I'm not sure if it is a crick it's, or a creek <laughs> no. no like as no, in I know, there is, it's called crick yeah. it was just a weird way I slept not to do area ailment again but it was just I feel like my neck like kind of chicken neck you know that it's out further and my neck. Does that make sense? But anyway, next year. Next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, you, people were asking after you, where's Jenny? Did, I, did we tell that story? Because I think it was too embarrassing to tell. I was huh? still in shock. What? The one about the keys and the turning around. Did we tell them that story? The keys and the turning. Oh, that? Yeah. No, we won't tell them that story. Oh, you're hilarious. You won't tell them that story, but you've told on air multiple times my Mullingar story. Yeah. So no. what, you'll tell the humiliating story about my thickness when I do stuff, but when you do something thick, we're not allowed to... I usually, I usually tell stories on myself. <laughs> I usually tell stories on myself. Oh, no, please tell it. Oh, please tell it. I'd love to hear it again. No, no, Go well, on. No. First, just to give it context. No, just tell the story. I... I think that the world has been fecking things at me and you for yeah. the last month. It's trying to, it's trying to break get us. us. It's trying to break us. It's, that's a very negative way of looking okay. at it. It's trying to shake us up. It's, tr- it's telling us something. It's shaking us. It wants us to cop on to something. I'm not quite sure what it is yet, but. I don't believe that sort of stuff, but. I do. I just think it's fecking stuff at me and it's trying to break me. Anyway, so we were going down and there was a set of keys and uh, so you said, make sure you have the keys. And I said, yeah, uh, they're on the table there. And I disconnected one set of keys from another set of keys, stuck them in my pocket, got into the car. Off I went. We were going Happy away. Out. You've told that story bonkers from the beginning. We were going away for a few days. Yeah. That was it. And you needed keys to get into the place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I said to you, 
where are the keys? And you said they're on my key ring. Yeah. And I went out to your key ring and I separated them, as I said. Yes. Put the keys in my pocket. You had it off. I always love when you head off because you get, you're very, you've ants in your pants before you go anywhere. You're just a bit of a pain. Right. So I like you just to leave exit so I can do the clear up because like most women, I have to leave the house spotless before I go anywhere in case anybody breaks in and it could be dirty. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to rob the place because it's too dirty. <laughs> the truth is, I can't bear coming back home to a dirty house. I just can't. I can't cope. Like, I couldn't leave a cushion off a couch or I couldn't, do you know, I yeah. have to do everything, wash the floors, do everything. Like. It's admirable. It has to just Slightly look. annoying sometimes, but admirable. But you're gone, so it can't annoy you. Yeah. And I know it is a bit annoying. That's why I'm like, just go. Right. Exit. Leave. So you'd left. So you're gone a good yeah. bit. Tom, oh, good bit. Oh, yeah. Tom and I are playing Elvis Presley. And you rang twice. Because you'd forgotten stuff. Yes. And you'd say, oh, will you remember to bring that? Yeah. And then you rang again. I said, Jesus, what are you ringing for? Yeah. God, again. Yeah. And then you rang. And then I was, ju- I had put everything in the car. I was just heading off. And I looked at Kate and I went, oh my God, he's taken my key. The key to the house, this house. And I rang you. And I went, after, before I rang you, I did do five very deep breaths. So. Right. And I said, Hello, have you got my front door key? And you said. No. And I said, I, I left went, it on the table in the hall. I said, I think you'll find that you do have it. At which stage <laughs> I put my hand in my pocket and took out your key. And you said, shit, I'm in Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said something completely bonkers, which I won't even say. A suggestion, which was so insane. And I said, no, that's ridiculous. You're going to have to come back. I'm Be- afraid. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to turn around. Yeah. And drive back up. Yeah. From Carlo. Yeah. To Dublin. Yeah. To give me a key to, and then to go again. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. that was just that was just one of many things. You just have to give in to that, though. Yeah, you, you do. You oh, just yeah. have to just go. But there's nothing you can do. Nothing about you can do. It. Nothing. Yeah. You feel very very stupid. Mm. Um, and I'd even this is the mad thing. I'd even just tapped tapped <laughs> tapped oh, yeah. the side of my. Uh, tracksuit bottoms mm. with the keys in it just oh yeah securing the knowledge that I had the keys yeah I had a set of keys they weren't the keys but you are like no, you, know, no, you, you are a disaster though no, when it comes to I, keys I, wallets I, cards all that kind of stuff it just is I like to pay you a compliment with that dig and the compliment is you've so much stuff going on in that mm. head of yours that you're not paying attention to the minutiae yeah. do you know yeah. you're just not so that's kind of a compliment yeah, no, it's, I, I think I've improved over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the more routine you have, this is like this is scientific fact, right? Oh, right? The more things you subject to habit, the less likely you are to do things like lose your keys. Mm. So if you go into a new routine, you're more likely to lose your keys yeah. because you're... You're faffing around. And, and you're asking your brain to do extra work. So if you, if you are the type of person who has a perfectly regimented routine Every day, you know what you're doing at a particular time, know where you're going, know where the children are, if you have children, all of that. You are less likely to lose keys than someone who hasn't got a routine. Somebody, you know, somebody who probably works for himself or isn't in a nine to five job and is going here, there and everywhere. You're more likely to lose your keys mm. because you haven't subjected things to habit. Right. That is scientific okay. fact. <laughs> scientific fact. Okay, Carlo. <laughs> That's grand. Go on, give us the other stuff that happened in your list. Uh, no, there. I can't. They're too. They're Go too, on. No, the no. other one isn't too bad at all. I'm sure it's happened to loads of birds and wasps <laughs> and flies. Like it has, and kids. That's why they put the stickers on them. 
Like it has. I walked into a door. That's all you need to know. A glass I walked, door. Yeah. A I glass pane, basically. Yeah. Which was like, it wasn't there because it was very clean. You didn't see it. Yeah, but that's, that's not it. Just I, I, I was I, I was, again, things were happening in my life. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about other things, um, having a conversation on the move. Yeah. Turned my turned head. Turned head while walking. While walking, turned it back and mm. I was closer to the door than I thought. <laughs> Exactly. With your head. And then I got one of those cartoon type bumps, you know. and The uh, one that comes up immediately. Immediately. And and the little Tweety Birds uh, flying around your head or the stars, whichever you're having yourself. Now, did you do this, right? Okay, so just walk us through it. So no, you turn, you're walking, you turn, you you turn, hit. Did you fall? No. No. Did you pretend nothing had happened to just like keep talking manically and exit? No. Did you stand still and the person come over to you who you were talking that's, to? That's what happened. Oh, so it was quite bad then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, of course, you are so embarrassed. Mm. Like, so embarrassed. Like, I, I just, my first thing was, is there blood? And Because the only reason I asked, not because I was afraid that I'd injured myself badly. Is anyone going to see? Exactly. That if there's no blood, nobody nobody needs to know about this. Yeah. It's just human nature. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you see somebody fall, they just pick themselves up really quickly. Oh, yeah. It's like it didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, Grant, Grant, Grant. Even like they could have broken their leg. No, no, fine. Yeah. And I think that's, I think somebody said to me during the week that, that as a result, yeah, uh, people, they walk on ankles oh, and yeah. they use wrists that they shouldn't. Yeah. So they should, you, what they should do, and again, you won't do it because you are embarrassed and if there are people around the first thing you want to do is get up onto your feet and pretend mm. that you're okay. Yeah. But what you should do is stay in the one position and, and establish that everything is okay before you put weight on your ankles or pick up something with your Yeah, but at the same time you're probably going, what's the alternative? So you've got to go to A&E and wait there for five years before I, you get seen. Well, no thanks. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, needs no. be, needs yeah. be. Yeah. Well, it would have to be really bad to get me in there. Touch wood. I've just said that out loud. And now I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I've just said that out loud. I'm touching wood. So that's just two of the many things that the world has been fecking at me um, over the last while. But I, world, I'm telling you now, I'm resilient. I, I will stand you. up to you. <laughs> I see you, world. I will overcome. Um, yeah, of course, it doesn't happen that way because there is nobody up there pointing down at me and picking on me. Well, well I'll tell you what the Buddhist nuns would say. Well, what? just the Buddhists in general. They just, you just have to be accepting of what is. Yeah. Good or bad. Just be accepting of it. And what, what it's do like you do It's like a then? wave. Just be accepting of it. It's nothing you, can, you can't fight against it. It is what it is, but this too shall pass. That's the best line that I probably use the most in this world. This too shall pass. Yeah, no I matter th- what it is, it shall pass. It does pass. This too shall pass. There's a sort of an acceptance that is... It's stoic. Stoicism as well. Yeah, but, but what bothers me about that is that it's... It suggests inaction. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if something happens and you might have it within yourself to change it by maybe fighting a fight or having an argument or suggesting something, just to sit there inactive and accept it, it's not... I don't think that's what... That's that's not what they're saying. They're not saying to sit cross-legged, meditating and just allow... If you can take action on something, obviously one should, but fighting against something that is happening, that there is nothing you can do, uh, yeah, anything yes. to control it. Yeah. It's pointless. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. What, what that thing about worry about things that 
you can influence and don't worry about things that you can't influence. That's, a, that's catchy. <laughs> I've never been good at remembering quotes. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm I don't remember shit quotes. I'm as well. I'm going to crap. I write it all down. I basically go around. You may have noticed you've been married to me for quite a few yeah. years now. I just go around with pens and pencils and different pads. And I'm just constantly writing stuff down. But I, I don't really remember a lot of it. You see, I think if you're very good at remembering things, you'd, you'd be more likely to plagiarise. You'd be using other people's stuff. But isn't that what, that's what life is. We're learning the whole time we're reading. That's why I'm reading all the books that I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can pick, pick and choose. I like the, I like to take the stuff and then put it into my own language. <laughs> I came up with this idea myself. <laughs> no, I know. I would never do that. I, I, would I was thinking about something the other day. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, you were talking about uh, Buddhist nuns there. We had Sister Imelda Wickham in the other day and she is an amazing woman. She was the, the chaplain in Wheatfield Prison for 20 years. And she retired just there two years ago. Uh, so she was in there with the the, the prisoners uh, for 20 years, uh, walking the walk with them and uh, listening to them. She was their confidant, their counsellor. Um, and uh, just her view of life as a result is uh, not unique, but it's uh, it's different to a lot of our view of life because she's been you know, in the company of these men mm. for so long. And she has a book out. I'll, I'll get the name of the book, and it's well worth the read. It's not a it's not a big book. It's only about hundred pages, I think. Um, and it's well worth the read. And she's just one of those people. You know, when you just when you meet somebody and you just go, they're they're special. Yes. That, and I don't believe in auras and all that sort of thing. But she she had something, you know, something special. Amelda mm. uh, Wickham. Your man celebrated his thing last night. Oh, who? <laughs> Who's <laughs> Maybe your man? Right now, Jules Holland. Oh, yeah, we recorded that. Yeah, so we're looking forward to seeing that. So 30 years of later with Jules. I I love Love it. Love that show. Love it. Love it. And I love him. He's sort of, is that the perfect job? Is is, is that the perfect job? Like, it's not a job because he only does it, you know, 12 weeks a year. It seems like the perfect job. He's doing what he loves and it seems to be kind of effortless to him. And he's also a musician. Yeah. Do you know, so he's not just looking at them going, oh, I wish I could do what they could do. Like no, he no. can do it. And he's doing it with them. Yeah. So then he gets, you know. And they're mates as yeah. well. Like he's mates with most of them. And they all, they all respect him. Yeah. Pretty good job. Yeah. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and music is, is so important. Anyway, one of the acts that he discovered, I think we had him back in the day. Did we have him on? Who's this? Because I started out with nothing and I still got Would you know who that was? I completely know the song, but you know me with names. Yeah. I barely remember my I think own. we had him on the radio back in the day. C- oh, C6 Steve. <laughs> yeah, difficult to say. Yeah. Yeah, we C6 did. C6 Steve, yeah. We did. We and did. He, he was completely discovered by... No, no, he had... Obviously, he was busking and he was doing stuff, but... Like he was alive before. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Come forth, and, 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 and he had written songs and he could sing and he could play guitar and all that sort of thing. But Jules Holland gave him a platform. Yeah. Uh, on uh, later with Jules, and when I say Jules Holland, it's probably producers or some researcher who spotted him somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and what a, what a great line! Uh, I started out with nothing, and I've still got most of it left. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a celebrity. Uh, Anton Deck are funnier than ever. I think. Yeah, very funny. So delighted to be back in Australia. Um, and like the first few nights were just, it didn't miss a beat. Mm. Laugh out loud funny. And it just, it went like that. 
hard to believe that it was um, live and not recorded. I think they were just so delighted that they weren't yeah. in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I think they it's, were just so giddy. They were like, thank right. you, universe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it gave, them, it gave them an energy. Uh, <laughs> I've never, uh, yeah, I've nothing against Wales. <laughs> I'm nothing against Wales, but you know, they yeah. wanted to be in Australia. Of course they did, yes. Wales. Yeah, yeah. Australia. Uh, and then, and then that, to use your words, dropped, the bomb dropped, uh, as in, in the form of Matt Hancock. Yeah. Which they probably thought was a genius stroke. I don't know. I, I, I think it was a mistake. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? If you haven't been watching, you don't know what we're talking about. But there you go. Maybe just go and watch it. But I mean, when I heard Boy George was in it, that was me. I love Boy George. I know he's had his issues, very serious issues, which he has paid the price for, I would suggest. And also, he does seem like a changed man. Like, he really does. He seems very happy and content. But there's so many brilliant, interesting characters. But Matt Hancock kind of comes in and it kind of splits people, doesn't it? Because they're in one sense, they're going, we know we're on a TV show and so that's one thing but also they're looking at this person they're going I was probably shouting at you when you were on the TV supposed to be doing a job which has affected millions of English people and like it got serious there when um, Boy George was talking about if anything had happened to his mum when he, when she was ill in hospital that he would have walked mm. But luckily enough, that didn't happen. And I don't know, he's just, he's such a politician, isn't he? Um, would he not Would he not walk on behalf of all the other people who died? Well, I don't know. Is that, is that your is that your job? What, you're going to take a stand on behalf of the English know. population? They're like, we don't want you to take a stand. We want you to make us laugh. Yeah. That's why you were paid 500 grand. And he's, and he's introducing topics that have no place, really, I think, in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And Ant and Deck are a little bit awkward around him. Oh, you mean when he was talking about the games, kind of how they... As in, as as a politician, how they work the media. No, that, 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 that was entertaining. I thought that was weird. That was entertaining. No, actually, I thought that was weird. Yeah, he was just saying that uh, you you never answer a straight question; uh, that you always do a pivot. Yeah. So you take the question. You, it appears that you answer it for the first sentence or two, and then you pivot into the answer you yeah, want to get. But everybody recognizes that. Everybody yeah, does. Of course. Yeah. No, I don't mind that. No, it's it's the serious issue of of COVID and how it was handled and. Um, and then politicians uh, telling you to do one thing and them doing the complete opposite. That, yeah. that, all of that stuff, That's I just find a bit, come on, get on with it. I want to laugh. I want to see somebody with a penis in their mouth. <laughs> a sheep's vagina. <laughs> no, thank you. Although I didn't think that looked the worst out of all of them. I was thinking the thing that I would hate to eat the most, like the thing, even thinking about it now and doing a bit of a, a bit of a dry wretch is that fish eyeball. Well, that one and the grub, that one and the grub, because when you put them in your mouth, this is how I imagine it happens. You chew and then it it pops. Yeah. Like it pops in your mouth. I couldn't do it anyway. I would just be puking all over the place. The opposition are having a field day. And one guy actually said that. He said, uh, you know, I can't wait to see him with a kangaroo's penis in his mouth, chewing on a kangaroo's penis. Which he did. But anyway, we'll (laughs) stay with it. We'll stick with it. We'll see. Of course we will. Yeah. It's something that we're all watching together. We're going to be we're going to be on a short one today, Raymond. I'm yeah, afraid it's a short one today. Yeah, I leave you with this one, right? Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Gary Roberts. He was the guitarist in the Boontown Rats. He set up the Boontown Rats in Dunleary uh, okay. all those years ago. Mm. Um, and uh, great band. They were Ireland's first punk band. And I was in the Scouts at the time mm-hmm. back in 1977. And 
we decided myself, uh, Sarto O'Hara, Karen Cotter, I think, was there as well. We decided that we'd lip sync a Boomtown Rat song. Okay. Uh, and I was. But you were a band. You were you were ahead of your times. You were TikTok before. Yeah, we were doing lip sync. Yeah. Yes, we were doing lip sync. Or what was that in thing that Kay used to do? Ma, 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 Musical. Musically. Yeah. yeah. Which, which became TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we were doing that back in 1977. Uh, yeah. So I, I learned all the words from uh, this song and I got up on stage in the CYMS with a pyjama top uh, with loads of safety uh, pins <laughs> and rips and all that sort of thing. And I sang. I want to be like you. You were shouting, but you were lip syncing. And did you get a round of applause? Were people impressed or were they going, people why is Jamie Darcy standing up there? <laughs> that's like why isn't he they singing they were so impressed that they wanted another one oh. so we had to do so do they think you were actually singing I don't know I oh, don't know I think they did I think we, we did She's So Modern as well um, yeah is there any photographic evidence of that there is a photograph is somewhere is there yeah, there is a, I, somebody sent me a photograph now I don't know where it, it's there somewhere in as this in house here? yeah it's in oh, this house somewhere okay I'm going to have to go searching yeah it was a nice uh, pyjama top actually and see what I could learn. It's like it's like the other the other evening when you Tom was asking. I don't know. He's into fashion as a ten year old is or can be, and he was talking about some top that he had just gotten Zara or something. And Ray goes, "I have a picture. I yep, I have a picture of me in the exact same top." And went you went in rooting around. You came out, and it was pretty much exactly the same top. Yeah, the eighties are back in. Funny that the eighties are back yeah, in. Yeah, don't throw anything out. Keep it all. Uh, and I, there's there's a problem at the moment, and I just leave you with this. It's okay. a, it is a big problem. Like mm. it, it, it tops climate change and all that sort of thing. It's it's boots are bigger and chunkier, and I still have the the, the skinny jeans. What am I going to do? I look like a I look like a, an inverted lollipop. It will cause divorce in this family if you start buying bootcut jeans. I'm just telling you now. <laughs> if I ever see or a pair of flares, I it's like I've just eaten a fish eyeball. That's how I feel about. It. <laughs> No, I, I, I won't. I won't. I won't. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know what people are doing. I don't know. What pe- are they? Is that what they're doing to cope with the chunky boots? I think what women are doing anyway. Haven't seen a lot of men. Maybe young fellows are doing this, but I don't suggest you start doing this. It's the shorter trousers with a bit of a kick. Oh, which yeah. Which I think is a brilliant look. I love it. Boots with then a kind of slight flare in the jean, but they're they're kind of three quarter length jeans. You see the boot? Oh, the whole boot. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah so there. All right, but okay. no, if you do that, no, 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 please. Yeah, any suggestions, please do. To Jenny and Ray home at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Mind yourself and we will talk to you next week. That was the oddest of odd things. That, pure odd. Good luck. <laughs>